When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Business of Being Black with Tammy Mack. I am Tammy Mack on Fox Soul. Almost a century ago, large numbers of African-Americans voted Republican. But since the 1960s, African-Americans have been the fighting force behind the success of the Democratic Party. But there has been a shift in political support as black voters are now thinking twice, two times, y'all, when it comes to which party they should or should not support in elections. Is it time for Black America to leave the Democratic Party? Let's get down to business. The business of being Black today is, should Black voters leave the Democratic Party? Please welcome author and GOP activist, candidate for Michigan State Board of Education, Dr. Linda Lee Tarver. Hi, Dr. Tarver. Hi. Hi, Tammy Mack. Thank you for having me. Cherry Meredith of the Democratic Party of Milwaukee County, Christopher Walton is with us. Hi, Christopher. How you doing, Tammy? It's good to be back with you. GOP strategist and political commentator Malik Abdul. Hi, Malik. Hello. Thanks for having me. And civil rights activist and the former national director of youth and college for the National Action Network, Tyleek McMillan. Hi, Tyleek. Hi, how are you? Grateful to be here. Thank you. I'm grateful that you are here. And for that reason, I give you the first question, my friend, and that is why? Why should Black people care if Black voters leave the Democratic Party? I mean, I, I think I see it as a, I, I see the caveats in it uh, because we have been in an arranged marriage as we have called it with the Democratic Party. Um, and I think, you know, we have seen time and time again how we, our, our, our needs have not been met, but I think we find ourselves at a very critical juncture in our nation's history what we have seen an insurrection. We have seen a Trump administration. We have seen the attack on our very fundamental civil rights from voting rights to uh, police reform. We have seen the attack when it comes to a woman's right to choose. All of these things are very critical uh, to this moment in history. Um, and, and I think clearly we see what side, um, you know, which, which sides of the aisle stand on certain issues. And so uh, I think the question is, you know, should we leave it this time? But there should be an organized approach if, uh, if, if, if that is to happen. Uh, but there's too much on the line for Black people in this country just to say uh, that we just need to get up and leave. I love the term arranged marriage. Oh my goodness, I, I love that. That's exactly what it is. It is an arranged marriage between the Democratic Party and Black folk. Dr. Tarver, why should Black people care? Well, I don't call it an arranged marriage. I call it a, a, a subservient uh, relationship because we serve, as Black people, serve the needs to elect people who are diametrically opposed to our lifestyle, our way of life, and what we've had. I've, I've, I'm probably one of the uh, only people on this show that has actually lived through the 60s and can tell you that the shift in what they thought they were getting and what they're getting now is much more than uh, reproductive rights and issues. We are literally losing our black community through violence. Black people should care because we're losing the black community. We are losing the black community right. through incarceration, through lack of education, and through other means. While the Democrat narrative is to stay on points that are not meaningful to the black community, they have not done their due diligence to make sure that our children are educated, that our streets and neighborhoods are safe, and safe from people who look like us, safe 
and our and the justice system has certainly not been uh, what it should be. We have low income housing that are just ghettos at this point. And so we, we have jobs that are meaningless and, and low income while they are allowing people to come across the border to take the jobs that they have. We have black folks that are waiting for benefits when we have illegals who are coming across the border, getting in line ahead of these individuals. And so there's a bigger issue than uh, Trump derangement syndromes and issues like that. We've had bigger problems um, with uh, MASTA uh, since the 1960s, not being hey, able. We don't, we have, we're not a we're not just a constituents. We're not constituents. We are a voting block to the Democrat Party. Malik, why should Black people care if Democrats, if we leave the Democratic Party? Why should Black people care about that? For me, the issue really boils down to political capital. How do you actually gauge? How do you gain political capital? And as we know, probably about Black people, we vote for the Democratic Party at about nine to one margins. Now, there's a lot of rhetoric out there. We can talk about what's happening in all of the areas. I live in Washington, D.C., so I should get that out. You know, I'm, I don't talk at the community. I'm a member of the community. So I think that there is a benefit to actually establishing or trying to build political capital that the Democratic Party, unfortunately, has not been very successful. And I think it's actually counterproductive in that sense, because if you think about it, we are literally the largest partisan voting bloc in American history. And we don't, after election after election, whether it's a local election where a Democrat is running against a Democrat or at the national level, at the presidential level, there are things that the black community consistently asks for and we feel as if we don't get. So for me, it's not just a matter of leaving the Democratic Party, leaving the Democratic Party and do what? You can become an independent. We're definitely a- gonna get to that because okay. I'm interested in knowing to do what as well? I, I, I am definitely interested in that question, but I got to get to Christopher. Christopher, why should Black people care if Black people leave the Democratic Party? Why should we care is the question at hand. Because I think one thing that we've seen uh, for the Black community in the Democratic Party is the fact that we are actually the ones generally leading the Democratic Party. The Black population within the Democratic Party is the one that literally decides who the nominee is. Black candidates are now representing us, the Democratic Party, on major battleground states. And they aren't, you know, you know, honestly, to throw out one of them, they aren't making themselves look like Herschel Walker. Uh, we have people actually out there making changes, putting themselves forward. We have issues that are aligning, that actually align with the African-American community, with the Black community. And they aren't issues around attacking people immigrating into the United States and bringing in those issues around xenophobia. We have an issue base that we actually support that supports black women making the right to choose, making sure we're providing healthcare coverage for everybody in this community, making sure that we are putting money into housing subsidies, making sure we're putting money and trying to roll back the prices of things like insulin, which diabetes heavily affects the African-American community. Making sure that we're actually putting our money where our mouth is, instead of just throwing, spewing rhetoric, attacking communities, and then accusing them of being the ones who, who are gaslighting everybody. So I think that you know, being a part of the Democratic Party has allowed the African-American community to stand at a level where they may not have been to previously on parity politically, but the Democratic Party presently of modern day is a Democratic Party for the Black community. And are, I know as an example because I've been the leader of it. Are Black people unaware of their power, their political power? Are we unaware of our political power? I mean, Christopher, you just said and acknowledged that the reason the Democratic Party wins, and particularly in those battleground states, is because specifically Black people. Right. Tyleek, speak to that. No, I, I, I would agree totally. I think when we look at, you know, the, the, the block of black voters, we are the ones who show up in margins. We look at black women who showed up at, at the poll at the polling polling locations for Joe Biden to be able to win the win the, uh, the, the White House. Um, I, I, I think, as, as, as Chris mentioned, these issues from voting rights uh, to, uh, to to, to, to health care, uh, the Democratic Party has shown up in, this, in those areas of, of progression. 
Um, but I do think, you know, we don't live in this utopia of a world where, you know, we, we are getting everything perfectly right. Um, but I do think there's some progressions that the Democratic Party could make, and they're not the perfect party out there. Um, but they have they have shown up in ways that other parties have not shown up for Black people. Dr. Tarver, I know you're itching to get in. Yeah, the, the Democrat Party, and again, talking about Herschel Walker, let, let me be clear. Any Black man that wants to run and get uh, the nomination from his party, or if any Black woman wants to run and get the nomination from their party deserves a lot more respect from skin folk than I've seen from Miss Mistel or uh, the Larry King looking guy that called him the a, a Negro. You know, it is disrespectful when you do not have uh, the diversity of thought. Biden I want to stay on. To- I want to stay on topic here, though. Do you believe that black people are unaware of their political power? Yeah, they are totally unaware of their political power because, again, they've been used in the in the election system as a voting block and not as a constituent. You vote in. Uh, the the Democrats, and they do not treat you like constituents. In Michigan, we have zero Black congressional representation in Michigan. No Black Democrat on the congressional ballot in Michigan. We've got three uh, Black men running for Congress in Michigan as Republicans. And so the the issue is, is that you've got these talking points that you know, sound good during election time. We've had the most black people voting in the history of America in this last election. And this so that, clearly election. To, it, it, that clearly speaks to the power of black people politically, Malik. But it doesn't speak, but it doesn't speak to disenfranchisement from voting. So you can't say that the Republicans want to disenfranchise you when you have more black people voting than ever before in the history of America. Malik, how do you what do you say to that? Yeah, so I think that's why I'm really focusing on political capital. And I think your question is a very valid question. How so hold that thought and I'll come to you when we return on the business of being black. Do black people know their political power? Are we unaware that we hold the key? Welcome back to Business of Being Black with Tammy Mack. I am Tammy Mack. And the business of being black today is should black people leave the Democratic Party? Malik, we were speaking about the power, the political power of black people. Are black people aware of their political power? I think there's a definitely there's an awareness. So I call that theory, but the practice is very much so different. How do we capitalize on that particular um, political capital? Let's look at what was happening during the riots of 2020. There was a bill that came out of the GOP Senate, the GOP police reform bill. Um, I can't I think it was the justice. I can't think of the name of it, but it was Tim Scott actually led that charge. It had many of the things Democrats and Republicans agreed with probably about 90 percent of the things in the bill. What eventually killed the bill was this issue over qualified immunity, but it had so many other elements. So we had 90 percent agreement on that issue. And do you know what happened? Democrats filibuster that bill. So not only did they filibuster it, they didn't even allow amendments to come to the floor. Amendments like what? The Rand Paul, Rand Paul actually introduced an, an amendment called the Breonna Taylor Act. The Breonna Taylor Act would have not only um, effectively banned chokeholds, I'm sorry, no not warrants at the federal level, it would have essentially banned it across the board. The Democrats bill, their particular bill only banned no not warrants in drug cases. Why do I mention that? Why is that important at all? Because I think that was an opportunity. If we ha- if we were able to exercise that political capital, what should have happened is that Democrat, Black Democrats should have been saying, you know what, there, we agree with amount, about 90% of these things that's in the GOP belief police reform bill, but because our politics is so heavy on the Democratic side, it went nowhere. And when Joe Biden got in office, the very first thing that he said, that police commission that I promised you, we're no longer going to do that. That is something where it was 
we, we dropped the ball. We'd said that this is what we wanted. He campaigned on this is what we wanted. But when he got in office, the very thing, first thing that he said is, well, you know what? I'm not going to do that police reform commission. On the other hand, Trump actually had a commission on policing. And they came out of a report and a study on that. But I only um, amplified that point to say that, sure, we are aware that we have political capital. But when that is only exercised to the benefit of the Democratic Party, then we end up with no police reform bill, which is where we are now. So at the top of the show, I mentioned that large numbers of Black people voted Republican centuries ago. But there was a major shift in the 1960s. Why do so many people vote Democrat now? Yeah, I, I think that probably was an entire cultural shift. Um, there were many things, whether we're talking about the, um, and I can't think of the name of the Lily White movement within the Republican Party, where many Blacks with it, many white people in the Republican Party recoiled at the idea that there were successes that we had pre-construction. Um, Is the it elected- time to recoil again, Christopher? I- I would disagree with that. And one thing I want to set the record straight here, the president did not remove the police commission. The president actually kept a police commission in place. That's where his executive orders came from this past summer, where he actually enacted a lot of the police reforms that he could enact by by the stroke of a pen. So President, former President Trump really wanted to do that. He also could have done it by the stroke of a pen, but we see where that fell on his priority list after the last tweet. Now, in regard to where you know a recoil is needed let's let's actually look at the history of the two parties yes the democratic party was a conservative party based in the south that it was not, was not conservative. it was not conservative i'm sorry it was a conservative party based in the south it was not a conservative party mm-hmm. I, I at what point in world are, history has mississippi been considered a liberal place but it was not a conservative party my my uncle in Evergreen, Alabama was lynched by the Democrat Ku Klux Klan. My father was born in 1923, honey, and be, and he fought in World War II. Well, Dr. Carver, I don't think we should put attach a party to lynchings because certainly white people, period, were lynching black people right. in America. So let's, not, let's not divide that. This was partisan. Be, be partisan when it comes to lynchings of black this people. The, and, and let's be let's take this Democrat, thing one thing clear too, though. At what point has Alabama Democrat. or Mississippi ever been considered a liberal bastion? Ever. It has been a liberal bastion when it comes to the definition of liberal right now. If you're talking about liberal right now, we don't recognize that. We're not talking about liberal right now. We're talking about liberal during 1920, like you were just done with your grandfather. 1923, 24, 50s, 40s, they were definitely Democrats lynching in the South. And I'm telling you, this is not a a hyperbole. That sounds very hyperbolic. George Wallace was the Democrat governor blocking black children from integration. What history? And which liberal stance is that? What liberal stance? We don't want integration. Integration. Yes. So liberalism you mean is against Joe li- Biden. Joe Biden, who voted against integration. Trevor, I think you misunderstood what Christopher was saying because essentially you're agreeing with him. Uh, because what he was saying is that the Democratic Party of the, the the 50s and the 40s and the 20s and the 30s, that that Democratic Party was more conservative. Is that correct, Christopher? That would be correct. The and Democratic Party of that time frame would not have me as, a, as the chairman of the Democratic Party. And I, I, I think I think now, as I said before, in this arrangement, it, it, this was, when you're using theory. the word conservative, you're using the word as it relates to Republicans. So I'm a conservative. I, I'm a conservative. And conservatives at the time, they called them radical Republicans. And they were lynched along with other black folks. If you go to the Library of Congress, you'll uh, you'll read that. But this is not about conservatives. So using the words Democrats and Republicans are fine. You can use those, but they were not the conservatives of today. That is where the narrative has been that somehow these racist Democrats were not flipped into Republicans. And that is the narrative that is not real. It's not real. So if you look at a map of today's politics and you know back then, you will notice that the blue states were the conservative Southern states and the red states were the liberal Northern states. If you flip that map in reverse today, who is still on which side? The liberals are still in the North and the conservatives are still in the South. They switched parties, which is the only time in world history politically that two parties have ever switched sides. And it did not you know, occur. 
It did not so, occur. I, I'm so just I think telling we probably, you the reality that did, is, not occur. did not occur. So I think we probably <laughs> just really, just, it's really a distraction to talk about conservative versus liberal. Most of us, I assume, know the history of America throughout the South. Uh, many of those states, in, uh, probably up until the 1960s and maybe early 70s, were run by Democrats. There, I, I don't ascribe to the notion of the Democratic Party uh, were the party of the KKK because when it came to white people, white people, white people all the time. So it really didn't matter which party that you belonged to. Whether you were a Democrat or a Republican, you still owned my ancestors. There was no political component to that, but I wanna correct something for the record. Um, you can actually, you don't have to believe me, you can listen to Joe Biden's own words that he said in the actual meeting that he had with civil rights leaders, that it was civil rights leaders who told Joe Biden to not implement the police reform commission. This isn't something that I'm saying. I, I encourage everyone out there to fact check. Joe Biden said that the civil rights leaders told him, our civil rights leaders, they told him that all of the elements that they wanted as far as around criminal justice or police reform were in the George because Floyd we were not accepting the weak bill. We were not accepting the weak bill. I think we have come to a we have come to an understanding that we are supposed to accept the bare minimum when we know that we have that when we we know that we deserve more than so, the bare minimum. And so that's what, what was in the GOP bill that you did not like. You brought up the point. How how the was brought into place, and we talk about political power. It is with the the the, the Republican Party where we have saw the, the 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 very fundamental right to vote being taken away from 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 Black folks, from folks who did look not, like you and I. Did not occur. Did where, not occur. Where we are, is that not still occurring today? It's, it's not country. true. We are cutting. We are cutting cutting early early polling locations. Get we your talking stopping. points. Get we your are, talking points together. It's not true. We, I'm an election integrity expert oh, here in Michigan. 400 bills across the across the nation with GOP bills that are cutting back the right to vote. In particular, it is not cutting it. None of those that have been implemented cut back. In fact, more Black people voted after they were implemented than so, before. So the fact the early, facts are very much in so the favor. Of, voting is not is not cutting back. Saying that you need again, more than one ID is it's not just a talking point. And I and I and I will tell you talking this. point of reality. The talking point is that the if you look at what was implemented in voting bills across Republican states. More Black people voted than before. It did not have the result that you are speaking of. And it did not stop Black people so from you voting. Need to tell me that a, that a single mother who has to work by the Democrats. During, during, a single mother who has to go to work during regular hours of a polling location, who cannot make the polling location because she has to provide for her family, can no longer drop off with the early ballot into a drop box because there are there are there are lawmakers who are saying it is illegal to, to have early voting locations or or because of the fact that there's long lines that, they, that folks cannot give water you can you can go through that any anecdotal research that you want to, that is, but, the re, but the reality is you can go through any anecdotal research about a woman who can't can't my my god i can't fill out a ballot i can't go vote in person i can't vote early just like they have in others and i can't get to the clerk's office to drop off my ballot but the reality is is that more people voted after more black people voted after those republican initiatives were in place sure. and so the narrative is the wind is taken out of the narrative that there's somehow the uh, voter suppression laws yeah, can I make a clarifying point again? What I'm saying, you can actually fact check it. We can disagree online, but I encourage people to fact check what I'm saying. As far as this notion of voter suppression, which really came about after 2020, what you were finding in many of these states, they were eliminating things, for instance, ballot boxes. Prior to 2020, ballot boxes were not in the majority of the states in America. Because of the pandemic, they implemented certain changes such as ballot boxes and extending early voting hours. Republicans pulled back on some of those things, but these things were implemented as emergency measures in response to the pandemic. So Georgia, sure, they actually lowered the number of ballot boxes that were available, but they did not eliminate ballot boxes altogether. Well, the, the issue of voter is of Making the issue of voter ID, which is a very a big thing. I think this is something that we really need to pay attention to. And again, you can fact check me on this. Judge who was appointed by Barack Obama, Judge Mark Walker out of Florida. Hold that reason, thought. Judge Mark Walker out of Florida. Hold that thought. We'll be back. 
Welcome back to Business of Being Black with Tammy Mack. I am Tammy Mack. And whether you are Democrat, Republican, Independent, Green Party, or Progressive, one thing we all have in common is the need for a positive credit report to assist us with the American dream. And the three-week rule is good for us all. I want to tell you why the three-week rule may be the best financial advice ever. What's the three-week rule? I know that's what you're asking right now. Well, wait three weeks to buy that new car. Wait three weeks to refinance your home mortgage and wait three weeks to finance any major purchase. Look, I was able to refinance my home competitively for the lowest interest rate possible because the three-week rule help to boost my credit score, y'all. Why three weeks? Because that's how fast the average score master user takes to boost their credit score by an average of 61 points. Woo! And listen, 61 points added to your credit score can save you tens of thousands on everything we finance. Scoremaster technology was developed by credit data, credit data scientists, that is, to boost your credit score higher and pew! faster than you thought possible. How about that? Scoremaster is so easy. It takes about a minute to get started and you don't have to wait months for your best credit score. How many points can you add to your credit score? Be sure to visit scoremaster.com slash B-O-B-B for the special seven-day trial I have for you. That's scoremaster.com slash B-O-B-B. Again, scoremaster.com slash B-O-B-B. So get to boosting your credit score during this commercial break and then come right back to the business of being black with Tammy Mack on Fox Soul. Welcome back to Business of Being Black with Tammy Mack. I am Tammy Mack and the business of being black today is, is it time for black America to leave the Democratic Party? Let's get down to business, the business of being black. Please welcome author and GOP activist, candidate for Michigan State Board of Education, Dr. Linda Lee Tarver, Chair Emeritus of the Democratic Party of Milwaukee County, Christopher Walton, GOP strategist and political commentator, Malik Abdul, and civil rights activist and the former national director of Youth and College for the National Action Network, Tyleek McMillan. So um, Mark Walker, Florida judge, Malik. Yes, so Mark Walker, and, and the reason that I'm mentioning him because there's a lot of discussion about voter suppression. And Joe Biden said that it was Jim Crow. And many people um, recoil at the idea of voter, you know, voter ID laws. What Mark jo- uh, Walker, what, I'm sorry, what Judge Walker ruled in that case that the NAACP filed against Florida, he said that the NAACP or the plaintiffs were not able to show any evidence that any person was actually um, prevented from voting because of voter because of the voter ID requirements. He specifically mentioned, and I read the entire 283-page opinion, he specifically mentioned that because of the various modes, early voting, ballot boxes, um, the in-person voting, that there were various mechanisms that were um, people were able to vote, where he said he ruled against the NAACP in that particular instance. The whole subject of voter ID laws, whether it's the one that was passed in Florida or um, um, Texas and many of the others, this actually references um, voting by mail. In places like Georgia, there was all there has been an in-person voter ID requirement since 2005. The courts did not rule against that. In this instance, in 2022, the courts did not rule against Florida for its requirement to actually show an ID, some form of ID, whether it's the last form of your social security number, or um, you can even have provisional ballots where you can use things like a, a utility bill. He said that it did not discriminate against black voters. And so I think we should make sure that we're introducing that type of information into the discussion and not just the usual back and forth, Democrats are bad, Republicans are bad. Let's look at what the policies actually are. Malik, I think that's the part I'm getting sick of. Uh, But Christopher, the the Democrats are bad, Republicans are bad. Uh, I'm, I'm... Look, I'm I'm on Trump's side with that one. They're good people on both sides. Uh, Christopher, (laughs) Christopher, you got to get in here. They say uh, voting has been made easy by the Republican Party, not harder. Well, frankly, that's just not true. When you look at it, yes, the voter ID, the stuff that he spoke about, yeah. But the problem that we're running into... They're taking away those boxes, the ballot boxes, where you could drop off your mail-in box. But, but isn't Prime- it true that, Christopher, isn't it true uh, when we talk about uh, 
voting opportunities. But in this specific case, isn't it true that those boxes had been placed there because we were in the middle of a pandemic? Those boxes were meant to be temporary. So why uh, why, why do we get in an uproar because they've been taken away now when there is no longer a pandemic? Everybody can go out and vote now. We are no longer quarantined in our homes. Because they proved to be highly effective. We had the highest turnout in American history in 2020 because we, we had these other have the highest turnouts without those 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 voter boxes can't we, we we've had the highest uh turnout in those states that implemented in 2022 and in 2021 in virginia so Again. let's talk about what the uh what the democratic party has done for black people uh christopher political gains by sure. voting democrat what have political, ga- political gains? Well, I can tell you, President Obama, Vice President Harris. You also have Senator, well, Lieutenant Governor, soon to be U.S. Senator Mandela Barnes. Uh, in my home county, I was the youngest black man to ever be chairman of the Democratic Party of Milwaukee County. And now, since I've my, since my term has ended, we now have an African-American county executive. We now have an African-American mayor of the city of Milwaukee. The board chair woman uh, is a black woman. The sheriff, the new sheriff, the outgoing sheriff is a black man. The incoming sheriff is a black woman. We have, on a national level, we have been the ones electing black people to Congress. We have been the ones electing black people as governor, as senators, as mayors. We have been putting black people in power in these positions. Now, I do appreciate that the Republican Party has recently discovered black candidates and want to push them out and push them forward. I wish uh, Dr. Tarver some success, not too much success. We, we, we didn't, we, success. We, we but didn't we have, have been pushing people forward. Yeah, but black folks in the Republican Party before the the 60s, prior to the 60s, they were all black. The first black elected to Congress were Republicans. And so the history books are, are not being tainted, uh, thank God, yet, so that you can go back and reference them. But the reality no, that's is- that's not true. That we all are taught about Blanche K. Bruce and Hiram Rebels. We know them very well. But those Mr. people Walton, would not be welcomed due, today in the Demo- in the Republican all Party. All due respect, Mr. Walton, the names that you mentioned enrich those individuals. But with respect to what the the Democrat Party has done for Black people, you mentioned off names who have been enriched by the Democrat Party and by Black voters. But you've not looked at the communities of color that need to be enriched just as well. We, it, well that was my question was in reference to the political gains specifically. Um, I, I was not talking about the practical gains, but the political gains. But I can hop in there too on, right. on, and we're going to talk policy as well. We have the Affordable Health Care Act, which has now caused uh, health insurance rates to be at the lowest, at the highest level they've ever been in American history. We have issues around fair housing, which got passed in the 60s. We have issues around um, expansion of social security, expand the insulin bills that they just tried to pass that the Republicans actually stopped from going through in the uh, the Inflation Recovery Act. We have the um, the child tax credit that was stopped we, by the majority of the Republican Senate caucus. We have the abilities to put, you know, of our environmental issues. Arlene, you want to jump in here? What are some yeah. of the practical gains that the Democratic Party have received for voting Democrat? Well, I, well I, I say all the time, I'm never complacent or comfortable because I'll, I'm always aware that we always have more progression to be done, but I celebrate small wins. Um, and, and, I, and I do name off a lot of ones that Chris mentioned. Even this past one, we saw a one of the biggest uh, investment in climate change where I know young folks from, from across the globe have been talking about climate change. We saw a big investment when it comes to, uh, uh, you know, uh, racial, uh, the, the, the investment in, in, in climate and uh, for our communities, as we look at communities like Flint, uh, when we, we see the investment of, in historically black colleges and universities, when we see, you know, the investment in a lot of these things, when we say, you know, the, the Democratic Party have been way more progressive on these issues. Um, than, 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 than other parties in this country. Dr. Tarver, I want to ask you, Dr. Tarver, um, for Dr. Tarver, uh, former President Trump has allegedly caused racial division and violence in this country, but some would argue he has done more for Black America than Democrats. Uh, can you can you tell us? Can can you speak to that? Absolutely. That you know the reality when you're looking at uh, the the tensions that went on, and even in 2020, the tensions that went on in 2020 with 
Antifa and Black Lives Matter destroying cities. The one city that I live in, in Lansing, Michigan, and Grand Rapids, Michigan, and Kalamazoo, Michigan, and they attempted to do that in Detroit, and it was thwarted. But the reality is, is tearing up cities, the destruction of property that taxpayers have to pay for, was was co-signed by the Democrat Party, and a lot of these individuals, they were co-signed. January, by the Democratic Party. January. I would just like to know what she's talking about when she says Democrat Party. Isn't the name of the party the Democratic Party? It, it's the Democrat Party. It's the so Democrat Party. So you just happened to miss the IC at the end, or did you just not see that? Well, let's not get caught up in semantics. Wait, wait, it's a Democrat Party. It's a Democrat Party. We live in a constitutional republic, and we we vote democratically. But as far as the, the name of the party is the Democratic Party, correct? It's the Democrat Party, honey. So you refuse so to call the, the name the day, of the actual party. Okay. But there was, there's been no, there's been no uh, political or policy gains that have reached the uh, the kitchen table and the gas tanks from the Democrats in in any state that we can think of. There's yeah. there's none. And any community. Well, my question, Dr. Tarver, but I think you missed the question. The question is um, what Trump's administration did for Black America. A lot of people say that Trump's administration did more for Black America than the Democrats. So I'm giving you a chance. The administration was able to to do in terms of saving our communities and reducing crime and having the First Step Act and redoing what. Uh, Senator Joe Biden had put in place with the three strikes laws and the aggressive uh, laws that um, Joe Biden uh, submitted and that William Jefferson Clinton uh, signed Two Democrats, the worst uh, criminal justice reforms in the history of our country that incarcerated most of our people. Donald Trump undid that. That was what he did to, to help uh, our communities, also with community zones and um, economic zones and with education as well to help uplift our community and education. But we, we look at those things as being a, um, a quality uh, uh, approach to safety and security and looking at the city of, of New York right now, and when you relax the crime and you have soft on crime prosecutors, that did not occur under Donald Trump. That is what is occurring right now, where you can go into California and steal what up to $900 worth of whatever, because it's gone run rampant by Democrat policies. Okay, and so I have under- what she just said here is that you can't have it both ways. Do you want tough on crime positions, which President Biden took when he was a senator, or do you want to remove those tough on crime positions and then you have a situation where crime is apparently rising again? The, the, also, it was do not you want a situation where it was not tough on crime? Oh, that thought, Dr. Tarver. Go ahead, Christopher. You have a situation where you are saying that these cities have been destroyed as if suddenly Kalamazoo and Lansing, Michigan are no longer in existence. And I'm pretty sure the governor of Michigan, a Democrat, is still there helping to actually build Michigan and rebuild those towns from being picketed and protested in. So that's that's just not the case. Um, One problem, though, I would like to definitely bring up. You bring up these things that the crime bill, which Democrats passed. What other things are in the crime bill? The Violence Against Women Act, the assault weapons ban, the ability to really stop a lot of these major incidents of crime from happening, which you are in favor of, but you're not in favor of, but you are in favor of. And something else I would also make sure to bring up is when you talk about 2020 and the crime that happened in 2020, who was president in 2020? The crime that happened in 2020 was president, was, in 2020? Was, president was Donald J. Trump. And, and the crime that was allowed. And so and how can you pay, hold Joe Biden accountable for the crime that happened in 2020? Who helped pay for bricks and um, and weapons that came into there was the Democrat Party that helped do that. that so that now, I, 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 I'm going to stop you there. Malik, let, 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 no, let, it was not. Go ahead. I was chairman of the Democratic Party in Milwaukee County in 2020, and I don't remember signing a single check authorizing a single brick or mortar piece of stone to be tossed in Vice President Kamala Harris, where her money went to with respect to getting these people out of Go ahead, Malik. Go ahead, Malik. Yeah, so I and this is what I try to stray away from because I've had, as you can imagine, being a Republican, I've had these conversations many times where we just go 
it, it ends up going in so many different directions where they're talking points, essentially. Yes, it is called the Democratic Party. That is what it's called. But your, your specific question that you asked about policies, the way that I like to have this conversation is to talk about what the federal government does versus what our state government does. It doesn't matter, irrespective of the political party. Sure, there are things that Donald Trump did were there things, even now under Joe Biden, the federal government typically doesn't pass anything that is germane only to the black community. The things around healthcare, child tax credits and all of that, we benefit from that. As far as Donald Trump is concerned, aside from the more popular things like criminal justice reform, you know, the First Step Act and Opportunity Zones and HBCU funding, there were other things that Donald Trump did to actually help minority communities. It did not Let's take black. a quick break on that. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Business of Being Black with Tammy Mack. I'm Tammy Mack, and the Business of Being Black today is should Black Americans leave the Democratic Party? Malik, before we left off, you were telling us a few of the good and wonderful things former President Donald Trump did for Black America. Yeah, so typically what I do when I have these discussions is to really couch this under things that the federal government does. Usually it's just a matter of, of funding from administration to administration. Aside from the things like the criminal justice reform and the opportunity zones and things like that, there were other things that Donald Trump did around minority business development. The grants, the program that he set up at NIH to actually help Blacks be competitive for NIH grants. The consortium of H HBCU schools, North Carolina A&T, actually was one of a part of a, a nationwide consortium of schools that were actually um, created to deal with the climate change issue. The $2 million that was given to Spelman College, I think that was under a Department of Energy grant to actually build up their STEM center. I say this because these are things that the federal government does. It doesn't matter if it's a Republican administration or a Democratic administration. The difference is usually funding, maybe some quibbling there around numbers, but the federal government typically does these sort of things. The things that impact us on a day-to-day -day basis happen at the local local level in many of our areas. So if you want to ban chokeholds or no-not warrants or things like that, these are things that are implemented at the local level. We know on the issue of qualified immunity, there are states like Colorado, they're dealing with the issue of qualified immunity. So a lot of the things that we superimpose on the federal government as is these are the things that it's supposed, you know, it does to help black communities, these things actually happen at the local level. So I think we need to have more conversations about what's happening at our local level, more so than a singular focus on the federal government as the answer to fixing things that are wrong in the black community. I love that the federal government versus a party. I, I think I think that's fair. Christopher, you think that's fair? I think that's fair, but we also have to look at the fact that, you know, making these states rights arguments are literally the same arguments that have now gotten us away from having the ability to have Roe versus Wade. So, you know, there are some things that the states are better positioned to do. This is without a shadow of a doubt a fact. But there are also some things that the federal government has to step in so that we can have marriage equality across this entire country. So we can have the right to an abortion across this entire country, because otherwise we leave it up to the states and to these gerrymandered states. They will make the decisions that will not exactly be in favor of what the actual people across the entire country believe in. Um, Ty Leek, are uh, black Americans taken for granted by the Democratic Party? I, I think across the spectrum, we are taking for granted uh, because I, I think our pain uh, is it doesn't compare to our progress. And I think we live in this generation. We don't live off ideology. We live we live we live off solutions. And uh, I, I echo the words that all politics. Well, Dr. Tarver, I want to ask you. Uh, Tyleek says our pain doesn't equal to our progress. We can agree with that, right? Absolutely. I don't disagree with what he said. I agree that the the pain that we deal with in the Black community is directly correlated to the Democratic Party uh, policies at the local level, which is what we were talking about earlier, is that the Democratic Party and the policies at the local level have not produced results that we have given in, that, in these communities. I live in an all-Democrat uh, uh, city. It's an urban community, all black uh, leadership in some areas and in other areas, it has all Democrats. So I want to go to a lightning round here because I want to get everybody's in, in on this yeah. final question. Let's get a lightning round, please. 
Woo, and there it is. So should black people leave the Democratic Party? Christopher. No, I believe that the Democratic Party is providing us with the opportunities and the issues and stances that are moving us forward. And I believe that as long as we are taking part and actually taking the levers to run the party, we can move the party in the direction that we want them to be in. And so I want to make sure that I know, you know, I know nobody's perfect. There is no such thing as a perfect political party. But in the United States of America, we have a right to get out there and make that decision of what our parties look like. And with the Democratic Party, the Black community is the one making the decisions and pushing directions on where the party goes. Malik, should the Black, should Black Americans leave the Democratic Party? You say what? I think, I think the numbers speak for itself with around 90% of black people voting for the Democratic Party and in an election after election, much like we just have here in Washington DC, elections are typically run, Democrats run against each other on not providing enough for affordable housing, not dealing with the crime, not dealing with education, not dealing with property taxes. All of these things, Democrats run against each other. And I know this, I'm not saying this as a Republican, I'm saying this as someone who was a lifelong Democrat up until 2016. So I'm not, I haven't been in the Republican party for the longest time, but I do know that the things that we complain about with the Republican party or that the Republican party doesn't pay attention to, these things, Democrats themselves can campaign against each other on these certain things. You can look at, since most of our people live in these um, like urban, urban inner city environments, which is where I live, they're typically run by Democrats. In every election, just like here in Washington, D.C., Democrats are saying that that Democrat failed you. So yes, I think that there needs to be some political diversity in the Black community, and then we will be able to leverage that relationship to say to Republicans, hey, this is what we're doing. This is what our, you know, our policies are. So the are. answer is yes, for yes. sure. They should leave. Yes. All right. They should flee the Democratic Party. Look, Dr. Tyra, it's no secret what your answer is. They should leave. But why? I Let me just flip the script here. They, The Democratic Party has already left Black people. I said early on that they are a voting block and not- well, No, the question is, should Black people leave? Yes, the they should leave. Party. They okay. should leave and stop voting for people who are not delivering in the communities. Because the talking points right now is abortion. And most of these people on this uh, do not even have a uterus to even talk about abortion. We're talking about food on the table and gas in the tanks. And in Michigan, we've had thousands of hundreds of thousands of black folks who are not represented well have their utilities shut off. And we've had during the pandemic under Democrat control, we've had utilities shut off during a time we were supposed to be sheltering in place and evictions in the city of Detroit. So no, we should not continue to uh, stay in a party that is not representing us at all. Dr. Tarver, uh, what are the new initiatives that you are working on that we should be aware of? We know that you are now a candidate for the Michigan State Board of Education. Yes, I'm running for the Michigan State Board of Education. My website is lindatarver.com. And the um, what I'm running on is basics, going back to reading, writing, and arithmetic. 92% of the Black children in my city cannot read, write, or do arithmetic. 92%, and that's not COVID. And Detroit and Flint and other com communities of color, our children are farther behind. We're 34 in the nation for uh, achievement in education, and we're going to fall to 44 unless we get new leadership, Republican leadership. All right, Christopher, uh, we have to know. Talk about your work with the Democratic Party of Milwaukee County. Sure. So my work that we've been doing in the last four years when I was chair of the county party was engaging people in the community, getting people involved, getting them to volunteer, getting them into the place that they need to be, helping them sign up for absentee ballots and encouraging them to go out there and register to vote and then vote. Uh, so I would definitely want to make a shout out to uh, for those in Wisconsin to go to myvote.wi.gov and register to vote and then go out to the polls and vote or sign up for an absentee ballot if you cannot make it. All right, Malik. Yeah, so my focus actually the same thing that it's been for years now is really to move conservatives to actually have a footprint in the black community, not just around election time. So being able to leverage our political capital, I've been working, I've been met with many um, senators and their offices 
on doing things like even diversifying their internship program. So I've been in contact with HBCUs all over the country to try to get college students to actually apply for internships within GOP offices. Those are substantive things. They're not around who you voted for and things like that. I think these type of substantive things that we can do to show black people, hey, you, you may vote, your whole family and just like mine may vote Democrat, but at the end of the day, you are a you, you're a student in Tennessee. There's no reason why you can't apply for an internship at a GOP office. Don't limit ourselves to um, the Democratic Party as the saviors for us. Diversify that. That's what I'm working on. Yeah, yeah, that's a good idea. Uh, diversify or infiltrate? <laughs> <laughs> diversify. Well, you know, we, we can use both of them. <laughs> Okay, so listen, in three words, I'll go around in three words in three words only. How can black voters leverage their voting power in three words? How can black voters leverage their voting powers? Okay, how can black voters leverage their voting power? Christopher. Use it now. Use it now. Malik. Four words, leave the Democratic Party. Ah, you tossed in another word, not fair. Dr. Tarver. Demand better now. Demand better now. Okay, got it, got it. Uh, we, we lost Tyleek there with the National Action Network uh, due to some technical issues, but this does conclude the business of being black with Tammy Mack. I thank you, Christopher. I thank Tyleek. I thank Malik. And I also thank you, Dr. Linda Tarver, for always being here for us. That is the business of being black with Tammy Mack on Fox Soul. Until next time, everybody, it's certainly a blessing to be in your box. Bye, y'all. Woohoo. Uh-huh. It's Macy's Labor Day sale, so gear up as summer cools down with 30% off timeless looks from Levi's and specials like 30 to 50% off statement-making shoes for her and 60% off luggage from Samsonite and more. Or use your coupon or Macy's card and get an extra 20% off more great deals. Plus, Star Rewards members can earn rewards even faster during Macy's Star Money bonus days going on now. Savings off regular sale and clearance prices. Exclusions apply. Something you probably do know. Progressive can not only offer you a great price when you bundle home and auto, they offer you round-the-clock protection. Something you probably don't know. The average garage door is made up of 1.3-millimeter aluminum panels. Something you probably do know. Your neighbor likes to tinker with his dirt bike. Something you probably don't know. A runaway dirt bike can take out your garage door and a good portion of your car bumper. Bundle your home and auto with Progressive and get more than a great price. Get round-the-clock protection. Something you know for the things you don't know. Coverage from Progressive Casualty Insurance Company, affiliates, and third-party insurers and subject to policy terms. Bundle discount not available in all states or situations.